Thank you, Pastor Reddy. Uh, so thankful for our pastor's leadership, Pastor John, Pastor Steve as well. Um, well, before we turn our attention to God's Word, in fact, you can go ahead and do that. You can open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews or turn on your Bible app. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10 this morning, starting in verse 19. Uh, but, but as you do that, or maybe even click a, a link in the comments we provide uh, for, the, for the Bible verses that we're going to be studying today, uh, I just want to give a few quick announcements. So uh, number one, as you, as you uh, know and understand, uh, we've moved everything online. Uh, that includes our groups that meet weekly throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Uh, we have groups that regularly meet in homes. Well, we're not meeting in homes, but we are meeting online. And so this is a great opportunity for you, even if you've never connected with a group at Redemption Hill, to join in and connect with a group. Uh, then also, for the first time, uh, we're going to be offering online prayer gatherings. These are going to be short 15-minute times at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. every single day starting tomorrow. This is a time that we need to come together and pray for one another, pray for our city, pray for our world like never before. And as I believe it was Charles Spurgeon said, prayer moves the hand that moves the world. And so we are going to pray consistently day and night as we work through this time of crisis. And then finally, later in our service, you're gonna hear some other opportunities that we can serve our city individually and together as a church. So be ready for that at the end of our time. Well, this morning we're going to push pause on our series through 1 Peter to look at a new series that we're simply titling Help. You and I both know that this is a season where we need to not only receive God's help, but we also need to extend God's help to one another during these difficult days. So that's why last week uh, I took us to Psalm 46, which opens up by saying, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. This pandemic has brought the world to our knees. Distress calls are going up to the skies around the globe. And so we need God's help, but not only do we need God's help, we need the help of one another. And maybe a better way to put that is God's help working through the help of one another. And so that's why this morning I want to take us to Hebrews chapter 10 and give us a call to stay connected. I don't know about you, but I'm already experiencing the effects of social distancing. And I know from talking to many people this week that uh, some people are already about to lose their minds. And that's not simply because your kids are driving you crazy or you can no longer go to your favorite restaurant. By the way, let's buy some gift cards and order out to support local businesses. It's not only because our beloved GOAT, Tom Brady, signed with the Buccaneers this week. Sorry to bring that up, New England. But it is because we're already beginning to feel the effects of being isolated from one another. 
these wise calls for social distancing are already taking a toll, not just on our daily routines, but on our very souls. And I believe that one thing that this pandemic is going to teach us is that there is a proportional relationship between our relational health and our mental and emotional health. And you say, why, why is that? Well, I can explain. From cover to cover, this book tells us that the one God has eternally existed in loving relationships as the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And unlike any other view of our world, this one God made mankind in his image, which means we have a great capacity for relationality. We long to relate to one another. That's why even as you're walking around your neighborhood, it's just so encouraging to walk by someone and smile and say hello. We need one another. God made us for a relationship with him and a relationship with one another. And so today we are going to be invited through the words of Hebrews 10 to stay connected through intentional community. Listen to these words from the word of God. The writer of Hebrews says this, therefore brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want to share four ways that we can stay connected from these six verses this morning. Number one, we are invited to stay connected through the cross of Jesus Christ. The first three verses, verses 19 through 21, provide the theological foundations for the very practical and specific encouragements that follow. And these theological foundations immediately point our attention to the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but so many times we see crosses in our culture, on buildings or on jewelry or even tatted on our arms, and yet oftentimes we miss miss the ultimate significance of the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Christ screams, that God desires to have a relationship with you and me. And the cross gives us access to God that we do not have apart from the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. 
We see this in three pictures in verses 19, 20, and 21. Number one, verse 19 tells us that no longer do we have to perform endless lists of religious acts. We don't have to offer physical sacrifices day after day or year after year because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice that pays the penalty for our sin and allows us to have life and a relationship with God. Then number two, verse 20 tells us that Jesus has offered and opened up a new and living way through the curtain that has been torn, that is through his body. And this is an allusion to the Jewish temple where the holiest place in that temple was separated from the people, that only the great high priest one time a year could go into that holy of holies to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the entire people of Israel. And what that was saying is that the people were separated from the very presence of God because of their sin. But now through Jesus, we can enjoy the presence of God anywhere at any time. Then number three, he says in verse 21 that we have a great priest over the house of God. Yes, again, that's Jesus. Jesus is our mediator between us and God, that we don't have, listen, you don't have to go through a pastor or a priest in order to talk to God or to have your sins forgiven. You can go directly to God through Jesus to experience spiritual forgiveness and spiritual freedom that your heart longs for. And so what we see here is that above everything, please listen to me, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, No matter how little you have prioritized God in your life, God loves you. Jesus died for you. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God is now opening his arms wide, saying, come back to me, welcome home. And so even today, maybe, maybe you've started to see that, that even in these social pressures and the, 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 the difficult times that we're now facing as a country and as a people, that you have a deep need within your soul that goes beyond just the everyday conveniences of life. Maybe God will use this time to say, you know what, you need me in your life and I am welcoming you back. And here's the good news. When you make that decision to come home to God through the death of Jesus Christ, then what will happen is your relationship with God will be radically reoriented. Now, because of Jesus, verse 22 says that we can draw near to God because we have experienced his forgiveness. We've had our hearts sprinkled by the blood of Christ, and now we have a clear conscience before God. You and I both know that we've not only wronged other people in our lives, but we've also turned our back on God and done things our own way. But now we don't have to fear that that, that we don't belong in God's presence to have a relationship with him, but we can boldly approach God with confidence because of what Jesus has done. And then it goes on to say in verse 22 that we can draw near with a true heart 
And then verse 23, it says we can hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So not only can we draw near to God with confidence, but we can also have an uncommon hope because God has brought us into this new life that is not only abundant now, but it is eternal forever. In these days, we are going to hope for a better world. And the Bible tells us that that world is coming that there will be a world where there will be no more sickness, no more viruses, no more death, that we will dwell with God and be with him forever. And we can have confidence because the God who makes these promises to us is faithful to keep every single one of his promises. And so we, first and foremost, need to stay connected through these realities that belong to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. But then as we move into verses 24 and 25, what we see is that not only does Jesus radically reorient our relationship with God, but he radically reorients our relationship with one another. And so we stay connected through the cross of Christ. But then number two, we need to stay connected through serving together. Look at verse 24. It says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. This word consider means to notice, to pay attention. It has a bit of a scientific feel to it to it, that through careful observation, we, we know one another well enough that we know how to motivate one another to live a life of love and good works. And one thing I love about Christianity, so many people think that being a follower of Jesus is just a Sunday thing, that it doesn't have relevance for every day of our lives. But, but what we see is that Christianity is an active faith. We are constantly called to not just love God, but love one another. And so when we think about love, love moves toward people. Love serves. Love sacrifices. Love bleeds. Love is willing to pay the price. In fact, the very essence of love is giving ourselves away for the benefit of others. Who is it in your life right now that you can give yourself away so that they can be encouraged and benefit from you taking your time to build them up? Someone has said there are three types of people in this world. There are takers, there are keepers, and there are givers. Takers say, what's yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. Keepers say, what's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. But givers say, what's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. That's what we're called to as followers of Jesus Christ. This is the kind of people we want to be. This is the kind of church that very from the very beginning when we started Redemption Hill, we wanted to be known as a church that gives and gives and gives. 
We have so many different Serve Medford initiatives that we launch throughout the year, and this is a time that we're going to continue serving and loving our city. I love that the night that Tufts University announced that students were not coming back from spring break, that we had multiple people reach out, not just to us as, as, as pastors and leaders, but to reach out to our students and say, hey, if you need a place to store your belongings, to take a little bit of the burden off of your shoulders, then you can store your belongings in my basement. And we rapidly took care of all of the college students that are connected to our church and some that are not. I love that at the end of our time today, Pastor Reddy is going to share some very practical ways that we can serve as individuals and as a church family. You're going to hear about opportunities where you're going to be able to make some phone calls to check on vulnerable citizens in our community. You're going to hear about opportunities where we can take care of those that are vulnerable and fighting food insecurity to help put food on their tables. And you may say, well, Pastor Tanner, you're talking about serving together. How are we going to serve together in this season of social distancing? Well, consider this. We will be united in our focus. When you make 10 calls and you make 10 calls and you make 10 calls, we are all united toward the same focus of serving our neighbors. When you give an hour to go serve at the community market to restock shelves, and then you give an hour to restock the community market, you're united in focus. But not only that, not only are we united in focus, we are also united in motivation. The reason we are doing everything we're doing is because we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we are reflecting to the world how much God has loved us and has served us through Jesus Christ. 1 John 4.19, a great verse to know and to memorize, says this, We love because He first loved us. And so we are not going to allow these measures of social distancing to stop us from loving our neighbor and serving our community during these days. So number two, we stay connected through serving together. Then number three, we stay connected by meeting together. Look at verse 25. It says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. One of our great temptations during these times is going to be to let the calls for social distancing to degenerate into a reality of social isolation. I want to plead with you today, do not let social distancing push you into the shadows of social isolation. Proverbs 18.1 puts it like this, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, he breaks out against all sound judgment. And so this is a critical time 
for us to maintain healthy rhythms of connecting with one another and maybe even start some new rhythms of connecting with one another. We can all thank God that we live in the 21st century where technology allows us to not just send some text messages or even make a phone call, but now we can video chat or we can jump on video conferencing calls to connect with multiple people at the same time. How many of you, raise your hand right where you are, are learning to become proficient in Zoom and other video conferencing platforms? We're so thankful that though we are separated as a church family physically, that we don't have to be separated ultimately. That's why we've moved everything we're doing as a church in as much as possible online. Our groups are continuing to meet. We want you to to stay connected by jumping on these Zoom calls for our groups. Our groups have always been the place where we are known and we know one another, where we are served and we serve, where we are loved and we love. And maybe if you're watching today and you've never connected with one of our groups, you're saying, you know what, I can do that for the first time this week. Maybe Monday night's great for you or Tuesday, Wednesday, it doesn't matter which night it is, but but I wanna encourage you, listen, you're gonna find people that are going through the same struggles you are, that that, that don't think that they're better than anyone else, but they know, hey, we all need God's help. We all need one another. Maybe you're even watching today and you've never connected with Redemption Hill, but you're saying, you know what? I need some community. I I need to, to break free from this feelings of loneliness and isolation. I wanna connect with others. Listen, you're invited to join us. Just follow the links. You can go to rec.church forward slash groups and find information to connect with groups throughout this week. But not only that, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be offering prayer gatherings at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. every single day. Listen, you can just jump on and listen to participate. However you want to participate, there are gonna be some great opportunities for us to come together and continue being the church during these days. But let me give you two thoughts, two implications for this. Number one, it's going to require some intentionality. It's going to require some effort. Maybe you've already been encouraged to add some structure to your week, to to get a plan together, to, to say, you know what, on Tuesday night, I'm going to get together with this group. On Thursday morning, I'm going to jump on that 15 minute online call for prayer. We have to push through these these feelings of being disconnected and and build in healthy rhythms to our life so that we can stay connected. But then not only do we need to live intentional lives, we also need to remember the more personal, the better. Listen, I'm like a king of text messages. I mean, I don't even know how many thousands of messages that I send throughout the course of the year. It's easy to text, and it's great to text. I love to text people. I love people. I'm always connecting with with, with so many people in our church, outside of our church. But listen, a text is good. A phone call is better. To take it a step further, a phone call is good, but a video call is better. Let's, let's do everything we can. Because listen, there's a principle in the word of God that says the more personal, the better. The more personal, listen, the greater your joy. John put it like this in 2 John 
verse 12, when he said this. He said, though I have, he was writing a letter to these people that he loved. He said, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face. Why? That our joy may be complete. We increase our joy as we increase our connection. So fight the urge to disconnect. Let's stay connected through meeting together. And then finally, number four, let's stay connected through increasing encouragement. This is what it says one more time in verse 25. Let me back up to verse 24 and read it for you again. It says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. To encourage someone means to inspire with courage. It means to urge them forward. And we, we as much or more than ever need to, listen, not only receive encouragement, but we need to give encouragement. I know that just it's so tempting to kind of have like, hey, what's in it for me? And, and are people thinking about me? And have they reached out to me? But what we see in the heart of God is that God calls us to take the first step to move toward people, to not just wait to receive encouragement, but to give encouragement. Listen, our pastors have a plan to systematically contact every single person that is connected to our church family on a regular basis. But listen, we don't want you to wait to hear from us. We want you, as you have a need, as you just need to talk to someone, to reach out to us. Reach out to a group leader. Reach out to one of your team leaders to stay connected, to encourage one another. And I love what it says here. I hope maybe if you have your Bible out or, or you're, you're reading on your phone, you'll either underline or highlight these words where it says, but encouraging one another all the more. God wants us to excel in encouragement. He wants us to do this not less, but more and more and more. Because listen, I love this about God. God does not want us to stay where we are. God has the greatest, as some business people call it, a growth mindset, or coaches call a growth mindset. That we just want to keep improving, keep moving forward, keep growing. God wants us to, to grow. He doesn't want us to stay in the same place. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him, grow in our relationship with one another. But amazingly, one of the ways that he has designed our world is that he does that through one another. The Greek word for encouragement is parakaleo. It means to come alongside, put your arm around someone and walk with them through life, help them on their journey. You say, well, Pastor Tanner, help me out. I mean, I don't even know where to get started when it comes to this call to encourage one another. Well, let me give you a million dollar tip. If you'll just remember these three words, I promise you these three words are worth 10,000 more times than any stimulus check you will ever receive. Just ask this question in three words. How are you? 
Just ask. As you're uh, talking on a video call, ask someone, like, look into the screen, look into their eyes and say, how are you? And, and you know, oftentimes when we receive that question, we're, we're, we're all tempted to kind of keep it surface level. Listen, if, if you sense someone is doing that, then the greatest follow-up is just one word. Really? Like, are you, how are you doing really? How can, what's going on? How are you emotionally? How are you navigating through the difficulty of all this? Be a good listener. Be ready to speak words of life, words of hope, words of encouragement. And when you don't know what to say, here's one thing. Listen, I love to talk. Hopefully that's, that's clear to anyone who knows me. And, you know, but sometimes, you know what? Even Pastor Tanner doesn't know what to say. And so in those moments, the best thing that I can say is not something to that person, but to say something to God, to pray for them on the spot and just say, you know what? We're just going to pray about this. We're going to ask God to show us the way forward. Listen, in these days, it is so critical that we continue to encourage one another. Earlier in the book, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 3, verse 13 says, but let us encourage one another daily, every single day, all the more as we see the day of Christ drawing near. And so let me encourage you. This is the time for us to stay connected. We stay connected through the cross of Christ. We stay connected by serving together, by meeting together, by encouraging one another in increasing fashion. Many of you know that uh, the state of California started with the San Francisco area, but now it's uh, been you know, called for a, a, a total state lockdown in the state of California. And it got me thinking about a trip that I took with my family. Shout out mom and dad for this great vacation she, they took my sister and I on as a sophomore in high school to the great city of San Francisco. Not as great as the city of Boston, by the way, but we'll talk about that another day. But we went to San Francisco, and outside of San Francisco, there's a national park there uh, called John Muir National uh, Park. And, and what you'll find there are these enormous redwoods. Did you know that the giant sequoia stretches 311 feet in the air with a diameter of 40 feet around the trunk? The coast redwood can stretch up to 370 feet high. And you might assume that these enormous trees have roots that run hundreds of feet into the ground. And if you think that, you would be wrong. Their root system typically only reaches down five or six feet deep. And you say, well, how, how then can they stand that tall in the midst of all the high winds on the coasts of California? And it's because their roots, though they run five or six feet deep, they stretch up to a hundred feet long. And they interlock with one another so that through their interconnectedness, they stand firm during troubling times. And that's what God is inviting us to do during these times, to stay connected, to stay connected by serving together, meeting together, encouraging one another, all because of the love of God displayed through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so listen, I wanna pray for you right now. And I don't know where you are in your journey through life, how you're doing, making it through this season, but listen, maybe there's a next step that you need to take. 
Maybe you just say, God, I just want to pray to you more this week. Maybe some of you have heard this good news of Jesus and how he's opened a way for you to have access to God, to enjoy a relationship with God. And you're saying, you know what? I've been putting this off for not just months, but years. And I know God is saying, I want a relationship with you and I am ready to start today. Listen, if that's you, we want you to let us know through our online connect card that will be linked again in the comments. Maybe some of you are saying, you know what, I have a relationship with God, but I need to draw closer in relationship to other people. I want to sign up for a group this week with Redemption Hill, or I want to get more information about these prayer gatherings. Listen, whatever your next step, even if it's just, hey, please pray for my family or pray for someone I know who is sick, whatever it is, we're here to serve and love you. So let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you that we have comfort and instruction and hope through what you have spoken to us. And so God, would you help us in these days to stay connected, to stay strong through sticking together and supporting one another as we navigate these times. God, we know that only your grace will help us to push forward, will give us the strength to persevere, to not just receive your help, but to give your help to other people. God, help us to be a church. Help us to be uh, individuals. Help us to be a community throughout Medford and greater Boston to be givers, not takers, not keepers, but givers to support and love one another. God, we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.